You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and before we get started with today's bonus episode, I want to remind you about a special resource that I put together for you in honor of Valentine's Day month. It's a playlist of all of the episodes from 3 and 30 from the past six and a half years about marriage and romantic relationships. When you sign up, this will be delivered to you as a private podcast feed, so you can listen right in your podcast app without having to scroll back through hundreds of episodes to find the one you're looking for. You'll hear episode topics like how to accept when your partner doesn't speak your love language, healing after betrayal in your marriage, and three daily rituals of connection for a lifetime of love. You'll also hear an old episode that I recorded back in 2018 with this week's guest, Dr. Jennifer finlayson Fife. So if you are enjoying learning from her this week, you're going to want to go back and listen to that. Go to 3in30podcast.com slash playlist to get signed up for this archive of relationship wisdom. That's 3in30podcast.com slash playlist. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. This past Monday, we had an episode all about how to become a great partner with Dr. Jennifer finlayson Fife, a well-respected relationship and sexuality coach with a PhD in counseling psychology. After many years in private practice as a therapist, Jennifer now teaches online and in-person courses on personal and sexual development and hosts Room for Two, a popular sex and intimacy podcast where she coaches real couples through their most personal marriage difficulties. In Monday's episode, Dr. Jennifer spoke about the importance of dealing with and developing your own sexuality if you want to be a truly great partner. And that got me thinking about a question I'd received from a listener who knew I would be interviewing Dr. Jennifer and wanted her input on something very personal and tender. I asked Jennifer the question, and I'm so glad I recorded her response so I could share it with you today as a little bonus episode. I know sex is complicated for many of us, and you may be struggling with this same issue— So here's Dr. Jennifer's response on what to do if your sexual desire is impacted by your medication, mental health condition, or other life circumstances. I had a listener ask a question when she found out I was interviewing you that I thought I would voice here. She takes an SSRI for anxiety and depression, and she feels like it really impacts her desire and like even sensation, like it it lowers everything. And she tried to go off of it because she wants this to be good in her marriage and her depression and anxiety was so bad again that she felt like she had to go on. So she feels like she's holding this, I want this to be great in my marriage, but I also need to care for my mental health. Sure. And, and so what do you, what do women do with situations like that? You know, of course the psychiatrist will be better able to think through the actual options given one's particular situation. I know Wellbutrin tends, is not an SSRI, and it can also be a good option for anxiety and depression and have less of an impact on desire and arousal. People can also do things like lessen their amount if they're exercising every day and therefore increase their serotonin levels more naturally, plus exercise can be an aphrodisiac. So again, you want to consult with your psychiatrist around your specific situation, but there's often things you can do to 
to lessen the numbing effect of an SSRI. Mm. But the other thing I would say is that sometimes our psychological fear or belief about something will shape desire too. So I remember when I hit menopause a few years ago, I just had this belief or fear that that was going to be the end of sexual desire for me. Mm -hmm. And it was also, I think, that I was feeling some loss at that point, too. It was just as COVID was hitting. And I think I was like, you know what? Youth is finished. (laughs) (laughs) And your kids are growing up. Your kids are leaving home. Yeah, exactly. There were so many of those things that were happening all at once. But my desire just kind of plummeted. And I think a lot of it was my fear. So it, it, it was like as it was plummeting, I was fearing that this is really about the hormones and I'm never going to have it back. And so I was bringing that fear into every interaction like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I'm feeling anything like maybe. this. this. And and, you know, I remember voicing it to my husband and he just said, we're going to be OK no matter what happens. We love each other and we will be OK. And so my fear lessened and then my libido was back, you know. And so I think it was instructive for me that sometimes the meaning we're making about our body's responsiveness or non-responsiveness has high impact. I talk about this in my sexuality courses that the brain, the prefrontal, mm. is our biggest sex organ because we're bringing meaning that then affects our bodies. So you just want to be careful. So while an SSRI does impact hormonal levels and, and maybe naturally emerging desire, it's also true that if you're invested in creating more desire in your life, you can find lots of ways to do it. You can read romantic novels. You can wear clothes that make you feel more attractive. You can get out and exercise and dance and do the things that kind of enliven you. And so while it's a factor, don't think of it as a determining factor because I think that will become its own depressant on your libido in an unnecessary way. I think that's so true. And your last episode on the show was really focused on frames of meaning that Mm. suppress desire and how we are setting ourselves up to have Mm. less desire when we are looking at sex through these lenses. And so I would really recommend that if people are sitting here listening, self-confronting, thinking, I want more desire in my marriage, but I don't know how to get it, go back and listen to that episode. And then also to, of course, look into your courses. So tell us a little bit about your courses, fill us in. Yes. So I do a course for women. It's called Art of Desire, really about looking at your own relationship to desire, to your own embodiment, right? What it is for you, your sexuality. And how have I related to these things in a way that has made desire less possible for me? So it's really about yourself and sexual development and how to embrace who you are authentically as being fundamental to and foundational to the capacity to have an intimate marriage and a sexually intimate marriage. I also talk a lot about women's sexuality because we are so accustomed to looking at sexuality through a male lens that we don't understand often how remarkable women's sexuality and what it is that we need for our sexual desire to flourish. And then I also have two couples courses, Strengthening Your Relationship and Enhancing Sexual Intimacy. And they're both about couple there are courses you can take with your spouse it's self-paced and you can look at what are the patterns that we engage in when we're frustrated or stressed that are undermining our happiness in our marriage 
And then in the sexual relationship, what are meanings that are alive in our sexual dynamic that are killing desire or how intimate the marriage is or how desirable the sexual relationship is? So, you know, we get a lot of good feedback that this is a way of really addressing marital challenges in the privacy of your home and being able to really make a real difference in the happiness of the partnership. I'm grateful to that listener for asking me to ask Dr. Jennifer for input on this personal and vulnerable topic. I loved Jennifer's reassurance that there are solutions that might be able to help us if we're struggling with low desire due to mental health medications, and that the first step is to talk to a psychiatrist who is a specialist in this area. She went on to remind us that desire is deeply impacted by our mental blocks and frames of meaning, and if we can let go of the fear that our medication is going to negatively impact our desire, we might find more desire emerging. If you'd like to hear more from Dr. Jennifer about frames of meaning around sexuality, specifically in motherhood, make sure you get signed up for the free playlist of relationship-specific episodes from the archives of 3 and 30 at 3and30podcast.com slash playlist. It includes Dr. Jennifer's first episode, as well as many others from respected therapists and relationship educators. My friends, whatever you are navigating in your marriage or partnership, I am so glad you tuned in today for this brief bonus episode. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled episode on Monday. And until then, I'm rooting for you.